I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Every once in a while, a work of art comes along seemingly out of nowhere. More than a worldwide bestseller, The Alchemist is a true phenomenon. Beloved around the world for its elegant simplicity and profound spiritual truths, The Alchemist is a magical allegory about a young shepherd named Santiago in search of his treasure. But at its essence, The Alchemist is a spiritual guidebook for our time. When it was first published, it sold only a handful of copies. 25 years later, 65 million copies have sold. The book has been translated into 80 different languages. It's the most translated book by any living author. Like Santiago in the story, Paulo Coelho never stopped believing in his dream. And now, a quarter century later, we're still learning from the universal ideas in this masterpiece. So this marks the 25th anniversary, amazing, of The Alchemist. Yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed and I'm very thankful to, to the American people because the book broke all records in the New York Times bestselling list. Yes. It is currently in the New York Times bestseller list and for 300 and, and many weeks. Yeah. Huh? Last I looked, 313. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, wow. I count every week, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you look every week? Every single week. Every single week. Wow. Isn't it fun to see? Absolutely. And not (laughs) not only that, because I'm still enthusiastic about my work. Yes. You know opera. Yes. It's something that gives me life. Well, tell me this. It is truly a phenomenon. And what, when you first wrote it, it was not. It had to build and grow. You know, I first heard about it in 1996. I was doing a show with Madonna, and Madonna told me this was her favorite book. And I don't think I'd even started the book club then, but so if it was Madonna's favorite book, and she was going on and on about it, as did Pharrell just this past year, go on and on about it. So I thought, well, I've got to read this book that, that changed Madonna's life. So then I passed it along to everybody I know, Everybody I know passed it along to everybody they know and their children. So it's that kind of, that's what made it a phenomenon, is it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just what we call word of mouth. Word of mouth. Nothing else. Because when Madonna talked about the book, yeah. I said, oh, the book is going to sell. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then Bill Clinton was photographed with the book. Yeah. And I said, Bill oh, Clinton himself, yes. Now the book is going to sell. Nothing happened. And then Will Smith. Uh, talked about the book, uh, and, and a lot of people talk, celebrities, you know, Julia Roberts. I, 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 and then one day I opened the New York Times and the book was there. And there are no explanation for this. I think that it reached the critical mass. Critical mass. Thanks to the reader, mm-hmm. the famous, but also the anonymous readers. Huh? And so I... Because there are not enough famous readers to make it a uh, bestseller on the New York Times for over 300 weeks. Yeah. They're not enough famous no, 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 people to no, do no, that. No, 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 it's, it's, How would you describe it? It's become a talisman for a lot of people. It's always by my bedside as a spiritual guide. It doesn't matter how many times you read it, you get something else from it. Does that also happen to you? 
Have you reread it? Many times. Many times. And many times I have this, this sense of amazement. How did I write this book? Is it true you wrote it in two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. Ah. And then I showed it to, to my publishers. And the book was published, and then they said it's not selling. Huh? I remember that uh, my previous book, The Pilgrimage, sold fairly well. So they said, let's publish a second book. And they published The Alchemist. And, and so they distributed a lot of copies. And then they sent it to the northeastern part of Brazil. And the first day someone bought, and the bookseller was very excited, you know? And my, my, my publisher in Rio de Janeiro was also very excited. We sold one copy in a bookstore <laughs> in the northeastern part of Brazil, you know? And then took six months to sell the second copy <laughs> to the same person who bought the first one. Oh, you my know? goodness. So the guy said, oh, this is a friend of Paulo. This book's not selling. It's here, the contract. Oh, my goodness. And I said, I can't believe. I You're can't. not going to publish this book anymore. Give some time to the book. Ah, no, no, no. Uh, this book is never going to work. But there is a sentence in the book that says, when you want something, the whole universe conspires to help you. Yes. And I said, I wrote this. I have to live by these words. Yes. So I start knocking doors. Oprah, believe me or not, the first door that I knocked, the guy opened, a very important publishing house in Brazil. And I said, I have a book that was published and did not sell, but I trust this book is going to sell. And the guy said, okay, I'm going to publish it. Wow. And then, Two years later, when the book was already uh, a half a million copies in Brazil, I asked him, why did you accept a book that was already published? And not so. And it was a flop. Yeah. And he said, I don't know. Wow. You, you understand? Yeah. So the whole story... That sounds like fate. Fate. That sounds like fate. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, which I believe a lot, destiny, yes. you know, the personal legend, you are always guided to meet the right person at the right moment. But where did that idea, that those words, that theme come from? Well, what I experienced in my life is that when I really wanted something, I always got it. Huh? Positive and negative. Because the universe does not think. You know? You have this subconscious mind uh, that sometimes is attracting tragedy. Right. Attracting bad things, you know? Because you want to be a victim. Because to be a victim is to justify a lot of uh, frustrations and right. failures in your life. The universe is helping you. You want to be successful. The universe is helping you. The universe is... The base, based on how you think, how you truly... Yeah, yeah, how, how, yeah, yeah. How, how you, you think consciously and subconsciously. How you project. Yeah. Do you believe every person has a, has a personal legend? I'm 100% convinced, which is totally different that I believe that every person is going to fulfill his or her personal legend. Okay, right? I would agree. 
Every person has a personal legend. First of all, what is a personal legend? The book follows the shepherd boy, Santiago. He experiences this recurring dream and then starts on a journey to realize his personal legend. What is the personal legend? It is the reason that you are here. Huh? It is simple as this, you know. Mm -hmm. You are here to honor something called the miracle of life. You can be here to, well, to fulfill your hours and days with something that it is meaningless. Yeah. But you know that you have a reason to be here. Yeah. It is the only thing that gives you enthusiasm. Right. You know? Yeah. And you know when you are betraying your personal legend, when you are doing something without enthusiasm. Yeah. And worse, you know that you have this good excuse. I'm not ready, which is just an excuse. Uh -huh. No, people say, no, I'm not ready. I have to wait for the right moment. You know, uh, now I have to feed my family. Come on, your family wants to see you happy. Yes. Your daughter, your husband, your wife, they don't want to see you there sitting in a work that you hate. Right. Even if it give you Tons of money. Okay, so you've just given a really key clue to how to know you're pursuing your personal legend. It is that which in life gives you enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. I call it personal legend. I call it your personal calling. Everybody has a yeah. reason why you're here. You're called here. And you know if you're on the path to it, whether you're enthusiastic about what you're doing or not. 100%. That's how you know. 100%. 100%. Okay. And we all have one. Absolutely. We have a reason to be here. Yeah. We, have, we know our reason to be here. We don't know if we are taking the right steps towards it. But if we are honest enough, God is going to guide you, even if you take some wrong steps, you know. God will recognize that you have a pure heart. Yes. And you put you back on track. Because the universe rises up to meet you. Absolutely. Rises up to meet you, yeah. wherever you are with your heart. So you must have thousands of people now, especially on Twitter, who write you and are trying to discover their own personal legends. What do you tell them? I tell them, I'm not a guru. I don't know the answers. <laughs> I respect something that is very important. That's called mystery. Yeah. I can give you Oprah Winfrey. 10,000 good explanations and convincing explanations about why we are here. But none of them will be true. You know, the reason that we are here is a mystery and will remain a mystery till the day that we die. Probably that day when we are facing God, we will know. Huh? And God, in my opinion, is going to ask only one question. God's not asking, oh, did you sin a lot? Did you do this? Did you do that? God is going to ask you only one question. That it is, did you love enough? And if you say yes, welcome to heaven. If you say no, you are in the limbo, you know? Right.
And you know what, this question of did you love enough, such a fascinating question because it doesn't just mean, obviously, romantic love. It means to me when you say, did you love enough? It means, did you open your heart to fully embrace every single moment? And as you describe in the book, every grain of sand. Did you love fully everybody and everything? Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing to add. In the beginning, when Santiago's father is trying to convince him not to go, he can sense inside his father that he wishes that he had, right? Yeah, yeah. Gone, yes, right. You say, and he gave the boy his blessing. The boy could see in his father's gaze a desire to be able himself to travel the world, a desire that was still alive, despite his father's having had to bury it over dozens of years under the burden of struggling for water to drink, food to eat, and the same place to sleep every night of his life. Most people get hung up on the burden and then they lose the dream. They don't lose the dream. They don't? They try to hide the dream. Oh. They try yeah, to hide the dream that's from... Oh, you know, the dream gets buried. They, not, not totally, not totally. Okay. And that's why you see so many self-destructive people today. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, they know that they had a dream that they were not brave enough to fulfill. So, one day, death will come and say, what about your dream? And isn't what you speak of in the book, real courage is, is being able to step out and, and live that dream, pursue that dream. That's really the only courage you ever Regardless need. Regardless of the fear, yes. because I have many fears of yes, her. Yes. But I'm still trying to do, to honor my dream. My dream was to be a writer. I saw so many writers that were paralyzed by failure, but also by success. They wrote a fantastic book that was successful all over the world, and then they stopped writing. Because, because they're they, afraid. They are afraid that the next book is not going to work. You know, The Alchemist is my second book, but I continue to write. And in Adultery, which is about as far from The Alchemist as you can get, your latest book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is your 31st book, right? You know, Oprah, I don't count. I have this superstition. I don't know how many books did I publish. You don't? I don't. So, yes, Adultery is, is, is the, the opposite. But this freedom that I have to write about. So you were never afraid, tell me this, you were never afraid after this book became a phenomenon, that you wouldn't be able to repeat the phenomenon. No, no. The alchemist is something that happens once in a lifetime. Yeah. So, at the start of the book, the young shepherd is told of the world's greatest lie. What's the world's greatest lie? The world's greatest lie is that you lose control of your life. That there is a system, an establishment, that tells you that you can't control anymore what uh, you are supposed to. In fact, you can't control anything. Yeah. No? Yeah. That but, is the world's greatest lie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the world's greatest lie is that the moment that you said, not only you can't control, but you have to obey some rules that are not your rules. 
when I decided to be a writer, my parents tried everything. First, to bribe me. To not to be a writer. Uh, to not to be a writer. They wanted an, you to be what? They wanted an, you engineer, an engineer. An engineer. Then they tried a psychiatrist. Then one day they lost hope and they said, this guy is crazy. Our son, we love him, but he's crazy. Why did they think you were crazy? Because I did not obey the rules that all other people or, or, or teenagers yeah. were obeying, you know? Okay. Their dreams were to go to university, to become an engineer, to become a lawyer, to become whatever. Huh? So they put me three times, not only once, but three times in a mental institution. Put you in a mental institution because you wanted to be a writer? Because I want to be an artist. You wanted to be an artist. Artist? You know, artists. Oh, they starve to death, they drink, they do everything that our family, middle class, affluent family, can't stand. What a shame for us parents. To have this artist. To have this artist in the family. family yes. Okay. So better to control him. Uh, but. So they uh, put you in a mental institution? Yes, but Oprah, let me tell you, not out of hatred, huh? They are trying to help me. They really thought that I was crazy. Is it because of your ideas, things you No, were... because I was not going to the university. It was a different time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Totally different times, yeah. you know? And Brazil was a very repressive society. We lived under a military dictatorship. They were scared about everything. So they said, okay, uh, he's, he's crazy. He's nuts. Let's put him in a mental... He metal. will not conform yeah. to the sun we have in our minds yeah. that we, we, we want. He will yeah. not conform to our idea of what our son should be. So therefore, we're going to put him in a yeah. mental institution. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, yeah. And, and uh, besides that, probably to the neighbors, uh, yeah. They think that we gave this son yeah. a bad education or yeah. things like this. So your desire to be an artist was not a good reflection on your family. So they put you away three times. Three times. And three times you escaped? And three times escaped. Yeah. Yeah. I love on page 146, don't give in to your fears, said the alchemist in a strangely gentle voice. If you do, you won't be able to talk to your heart. Yeah, because to begin with, every heart is very fearful. Very, very, we, a heart is a, you know, it's like a flower, you know? It can be very brave, but it can be easily hurt. Huh? So you have to give an example and talk to your heart mm -hmm. as a brave person. Mm -hmm. huh? So I've been defeated so many times. Many, many, many. And I fear a lot of things, still. Uh, but the problem is not to give up. Yeah. You know? I, 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 is your fear, my, this is my fear, maybe yours is, I think when you have had a great level of success, as you have and I have, I live with this, this fear of not fulfilling what I know is my potential. Do you yeah. have 
Oprah Winfrey. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, do. I don't. I do. Why should I fear that I'm not that I'm not fulfilling other people's expectations? No, I didn't say other people's expectations. I mean, my own personal legend potential. You know, I think you have a supreme, I think you have a destiny and a supreme moment of destiny. I fear that I, I won't fulfill that supreme potential, that there's an ultimate okay, potential. Okay, in this way, we have the same fear because okay. I am just also read all over. Yeah. And I have plenty of time, contrary to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I say, what am I going to do more than writing books? Because I think back to the personal legend. Yeah. We have a reason to be here. Right. If God bestowed me with this potential, as you said. Yes. Ah, I have to do something else. Yes, because you obviously yeah. have written this book, but you're still here, you're alive, you're thriving, you're healthy, you feel like you have more to offer, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I go to Facebook, and then I have to 21 million people. Yes. Then I go to Twitter, I have 9 million people, or 9.5. And then I say, and what else? Yeah. It's not enough. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just think... I think that we are here to improve the state of the world. Yes. What do you think happened with this book? You sat down. Did you know where it was going to begin and end when I, you started? I knew where, where it was going to begin and where it was going to end. You knew he's going to be in that church with the looking up. No, no, I, I did not know about the church. Now, when I read the thesis and, and about the alchemist, it's so strange because... They think that I thought about everything. <laughs> you know? Oh, the church is collapsing because of this and that. And eventually they are right, you know? Yeah, eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. they may be right. But, but, but. When you first wrote it, I <laughs> love to hear that. When I first wrote it, I was telling a story. Yeah. So if we were to read the cliff notes on The Alchemist, yeah. they have a lot of stuff in there that you didn't think about. No, first. never, yeah. no. And there are many, many books on the alchemist, you know, a guide to understand the alchemist. And I said, I'm going to download this book and probably I need to understand my book. So next time I'm going to explain better my book. But at the end of the day, you have this innocence. Yes. That's not naivety. Huh? Yes. It's not to be naive. It is to be innocent. Look at everything like you are seeing this for the first time in your life. Yeah. And then you learn what you need to learn. Yeah. I love that you talk about the language of the omens because the omens or signs... Signs, okay. Signs are everywhere, all the time, all the time. Everywhere. And so the boy, Santiago, learns to follow the signs. Yeah. yeah. How do you learn? Because you cannot teach. You, can't you can teach. only learn. You understand? I cannot write a book about how to learn. And you only learn this language by making mistakes. As I told you. And paying attention. Come on. And paying attention. By paying attention. Of you, course. You can pay attention and get you, a lot. You, the same thing with the universe. Huh? So the universe is there teaching you the correct signs. 
And sometimes you take the wrong step, but then it will correct. So when did you learn the language of the world? And, there, you know, you, 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 early on you speak of the shepherd boy recognizing that his sheep didn't have to be awakened all the time, that there was a rhythm, there was an energy, there was a flow to things, and they started responding to that. And he realized that, you know, the hawks in the air, the sheep, that everything around him had its own energy, its own flow, its own language. When did you start to learn I that? I think that you? when I start paying attention to life. When you start paying attention when, to life. When I, I understood that life or the universe was not turning around me. Mm. Huh? I was very young, because when you're a child, you think that only you exist. Right. Right? And one day I was by a, a orange tree, and I had the sensation that I was alive. Do you remember the day that you realized that you were alive? No, I don't remember that day. But that's, yeah, I remember. So, so, so. I wish I did, so, but okay. So, but. That is, my God, I am alive. Not only I am alive, but I am not the center of the universe. And then I realized that I was alive, and there was a lot of things going on outside my my child my childish world. Mm -hmm. you know? And and so I said, I'm going to pay attention to what is going on, and and this is how I survived it. You, know? you speak about how courage is such an important part of being able to, to not to have fear and to move forward. How important is courage? I think, I think that courage is the first spiritual quality that you need to have. You don't need to have a good connection with God. You don't need to believe that there is a God. You don't need, but you need to have courage. You say it's the quality most essential to understanding the language of the world. Absolutely, yeah. you know. Because otherwise, you try to reduce the world to things that you can explain. How do we become fluent in the language of the world? By daring. By daring. If you don't fear the unknown, the unknown will be kind to you. Yes, right. Page 132. The alchemist teaches Santiago, listen to your heart. It knows all things. We hear this you. This is an omen. This is an this omen. This is a sign. This is a sign. Don't cut in the edition. <laughs> we won't. That was a sign. God must have liked that question. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> you, say, you say that, um, okay, so the alchemist teaches Santiago, listen to your heart. It knows all things because it came from the soul of the world, and it will one day return there. And bring everything. And bring everything. Like the rain. Like you know, yes. You, you have this water, the water goes up. Huh? Yes. And then yes. falls down again. But in this journey, the water learns a lot and returns with this wisdom and goes back in this endless cycle that one day is going to end. Right. So, question. As Santiago searched for his personal legend, many forces beyond his control, guiding him on his journey. Was he in control of his destiny? More or less. <laughs> you asked me. You... Are we in control of our destiny? Depends. <laughs> in the classic magic tradition. Yeah. The door 
There is a door. Yeah. They call Salomon's Temple. Huh? Yeah. There is two columns. One column is discipline. I'm using different names. Right, right. They use different names. Right. Okay. And the other column is compassion. So, you need to set a moment in your life. You need to have discipline. And other moments in our, in our life, you need to be guided by life. If you want... By, and paying attention to the omens. Absolutely. All around you, the sign. There are a Zen proverb yeah. that says, if you want something, step aside. You know, and let this thing arrive to you. Yeah. It's the willpower and the desire and the enthusiasm uh, yeah. and then surrender to the flow. Absolutely. That's how I say it. Very, very well put. Yeah. So, what's the difference between destiny and fate? Fate is, is this person who thinks that he or she has no choice anymore. Huh? Right. And, and destiny is, you have the poss five possibilities. You're going to die at the end. Yeah. But one of these journeys... How you get there is up to you. Yeah. Voila, as the French say. Voila. <laughs> Everybody's going to die, and how you get there is up to you. And yeah. your destiny is along the way yeah. to your fate. Yeah. Yeah. This is the most important question I, I want to share with everybody. I want you to explain this. This is on page 136. You write, before a dream is realized, the soul of the world tests everything that was learned along the way. Yeah. It does this not because it's evil, but so that we can, in addition to realizing our dreams, master the lessons we've learned as we've moved toward that dream. You say when the real tests come, that's the point when most people give up, though. Yeah. It is. When it's so close, uh, like, like probably life tested you a lot and mm -hmm. tested me. I fought the good fight and I did not lose my faith. Wow. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. <laughs>